Thank you, ladies, for the interpretive dance. That's, that's very nice. I appreciate that. Um, welcome again. Uh, my name is Jason. I am uh, one of the pastoral crew here at Artisan. And uh, if this is your first time here as a guest, welcome. Glad you're here. And uh, if you haven't been for a little while, you, both of you crew, and if you were here last week and missed what happened, uh, we're in the middle of this, or at the end of this uh, mini-series called Belonging. And last week, uh, if you did miss it, it was, it was beautiful. We still have the, the uh, horse trough, which the people that got baptized, I don't know if they knew that. We figured we'd tell them this week. Um, we had this beautiful celebration of baptism, this idea of being united in faith. And uh, there was three believers' baptisms. Uh, we had someone do sort of a baptismal reaffirmation, and two of the families had uh, their, their young children dedicated. Just this great celebration of of this faith uh, that draws us together. And it was wonderful, good stuff. And the idea of being united in faith, I got to be honest, at least early on when I was exploring Christianity, and even after I'd become a Christian, that idea kind of creeped me out a little bit. Because what if that meant that not only were we united in this, as, as Ephesians 1 through 6 talks about, which Brian preached from last week, this, this one God, one Lord, one Father, one Spirit, one faith, one baptism. What if we're not merely united, but we're supposed to be uniform and become all the same and it's this cookie cutter uh, output. And so I got to be honest, that, that always troubled me at, at first. And, and even to this day, I sometimes worry that people interpret that unity as, as a call to sameness. And so this week, we want to clear that up forever, uh, well, at least for a little while, and, uh, and talk about how Christ, once we're unified in that faith, seeks to multiply us in his mission. In fact, that's what I discovered, that, that yes, indeed, even for me, there's something unique that I brought uh, to the body of Christ, to the local churches I've been a part of, and, and now here at Artisan, that instead of making it all the same, begins to multiply. And so I want us to look at that, this idea of that the goal is not merely to be unified and united in faith, but in fact, that's just a means toward the mission Christ might call us to. And we'll celebrate some of that in a moment, uh, in particular, those who feel that artists and church is the place where Christ is calling them right now uh, to live out that mission and to do that in a community. But we're in Ephesians again. Ephesians chapter 4, and if you're using the red Bibles there, it's on page 951. Uh, if you brought your own Bible, I believe it's page 1012. I, I don't know what page it is. Go ahead and look in your, uh, your index there. It's towards the end of the New Testament, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Colossians. I always remember General Electric Power Company because uh, my brain doesn't work real well with remembering stuff. So Ephesians chapter 4. And the Apostle Paul has just described this idea of unity, the one God, one Father, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. But I think he wants to clarify that that doesn't mean sameness. And so he says this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. He says, but, but each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. So although there's a unity, but each of us was giving, given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, someone like Matt here 
not a lot of trouble, pretty good kid, growing up well. And Jesus just had to give him a little grace. And then, then there's the likes of me, a lot, lot more work to be done. And God had to give a larger measure of grace. It's, it's not talking about people getting different amounts. But that, that grace gets expressed differently. That its outcome is, is somewhat unique to each person. And so how does this begin to work out? Uh, well, first, recognize that it comes from Christ. Before we get all excited to be on some mission, uh, we don't want to confuse uh, the mission with the idea that we're the ones uh, creating it, that we're doing something that will earn God's favor or make us look good or any of those things. But it's really clear that Christ is the one that gives. And as he begins to give, here's some of what happens. And he begins to, uh, to kind of pour out his grace in some unique ways uh, amongst those that he wants to serve and lead within the body. Uh, and then those servant leaders begin to equip uh, the body of Christ itself. And so pick up again in verse, in verse 11. It says, The gifts that Jesus gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. And why did he give those? To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. And so Christ gives, but there's these servant leaders that, that are somehow an important part of, of this full measure of experience in Christ, sort of this 360-degree deal that takes place as we're multiplied in mission. And I'll look at that for just a quick moment and see how that begins to play out and, and what might be going on there. I think it's fascinating that already, you know, we haven't even gotten to the whole body of Christ and all its many members, just a few categories here. But you begin to see the diversity and how that actually makes things a lot healthier, a lot more mature. But for a body to, uh, a community to work well, to have a future, they need to know where they're going. And so within that body, there has to be people that, that have this forward view of things. What's the preferred future that God's calling us to? And that's where these, uh, those with these sort of gifts and personalities that, uh, of apostleship are. Now, of course, the original apostles were those, um, those uh, core disciples of Jesus. But we find out Paul is an apostle. Uh, there's a woman named Junius. She's, a, she's uh, exclaimed for being a fantastic apostle. Um, we find out there's others that experience Christ. But, but we're all about where is Christ sending us into the future? So this forward-looking view, and some of you guys have been around for a while. Uh, I bet get tired sometimes, though, of, of a few of the things that we as uh, some of the pastoral staff push, because it seems like we're always talking about, here's where we're going next. Okay, come on, let's go. Uh, you, you like one service? We're going to do two services. You think two services is great? You wait till the fall and see what might happen. You know, and it's always this, oh, did I let that out? Well, decide that this summer. Um, and it's always forward-looking. But what's the danger if the only thing that's going on is forward motion, a forward view of things? could very easily find yourself going in the wrong direction and sort of lose your way. And so the other thing that happens that, that provides this full 360-degree 
uh, view of things is that you have these prophets that are part of a local body in Christ church. Now, probably most of us think of, when we hear the word prophet, you think some long-haired, wild-eyed guy, you know, living in a teepee out in the woods somewhere, some lean-to, uh, eating bugs, and telling the future. You know, it's all things about Black Hawk helicopters and barcodes on your forehead and just really, really nervous about these things. When in fact, Scripture, the example of, of the prophetic uh, person rarely has much to do with this future. That's very rare. In fact, you find the prophets again and again in Scripture calling God's people back to something. So sometimes God's people get, get out ahead of God or get too far away, and there needs to be some folks who look backwards and say, have we strayed from where the path God put us on? And so that's true in a local church as well, that there's, that there's leaders and servants that, that keep us true to where we've come from, that help us remember that God's mighty acts of salvation shape where we're going, that uh, his promises uh, are true, and they keep us sort of on the right track. But if all we ever did was go from point A to point B in this straight line as a body, I'm not sure that'd be much of a mission. Because what if the mission that Christ is calling us to is less about point A to point B, you know, the destination, but it's, it's more about what happens along the way. And so if we're sort of head down, going one direction, we might miss the fact that God's at work in the world around us, that there's people out there that Christ died for, that God is in fact at work in places that we need to find and catch up with. And so you need folks for a body to be healthy to start to have all the facets at 360 degrees that look outward, that look outward. And I think that's what uh, the evangelist type of person does. Now again, a lot of times we hear the word evangelist, we think someone with a certain hairstyle or, or a big stadium full of people, or they're just, they're just those, those slightly odd people that that's what they do. And the rest of us sometimes watch in awe or in horror or some combination of both. But the evangelist person isn't meant to be the one, the only one doing the outward looking, but they're the folks who challenge and encourage the rest of us in the body to pay attention to what's going on out there so that as we sit in our class, we recognize that we have classmates that may have needs in their lives that, that we're supposed to minister to, that, uh, that our place of work, that our coworkers are, are an important part of the mission Christ has called us to, that we're part of a family, whether we get along with that family or not, that, that Christ has a purpose for, and that we're certainly not supposed to pull into our driveway, hop out of the car and run inside, and forget the fact that we have neighbors. And so forward, backward, outward, starting to get fleshed out. But here's another thing. And this we're definitely guilty of sometimes as a, as a church, and certainly the pressure that some of your pastoral staff put on you, if we're always outward focused, we can get depleted pretty quickly. 
In fact, after a while, it's truly impossible to give out of something you don't have. And if it's always outward, 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 the well runs dry. And so you need to have folks in this body that, that pay attention to the inward reality. And so that's where the pastors come. In fact, that word's directly, it's the same word in essence for a shepherd. That pastoral person that, that cares about the state of, of the flock, of that local body of, of God's people. You know, is it healthy? It's important to pay attention to the one who's wandered off from the 99. That's the evangelist. Jesus makes that real clear. But you still want to pay attention to the 99 who are still around. <laughs> and not only the, uh, the whole body, but what's happening on an individual level. And so those pastoral gifts that sometimes come with a title, but honestly are often, uh, in fact, just having the title, I don't find myself or would consider myself very pastoral. Uh, I'm all for the apostle stuff, the forward things. I'm even uh, kind of the, the harder-hitting prophetic stuff. I, I like that. The, the inward-looking, not one of my strengths. Thankfully, as part of a body, you've got some folks that have that strength. And on an individual level can say, is this person, is there a hurt that's there that needs healing? Is, is there some hope and dreams that God's put in there that, that need to be drawn out? And then the final person that's mentioned here, the teacher, what do they do? Well, I had to make it all work here, so I was thinking about the teachers, those folks within a body that, that make sure that what we're building upon, uh, that there's a foundation. As scripture says this foundation of the apostles and prophets, you know, the scriptures, uh, so that we're not tripping and falling and ending up in a ditch. And so those teachers, in a sense, look downward and say, what are the foundational things that need to be in place? And are they? Whether it's doctrine or practice or any of those things. And when you put all those together, you begin to see how this mission might play out. You got the forward-looking, where's the future God's taking us to? The backward-looking, you know, are we straying from the path he set us upon? The outward-looking, what's around us that he wants us doing? The inward-looking, are we well, whole? Are those things taken care of? And that downward-looking, what's the foundation we're on? But do you notice the one direction that's missing there? Have we done the whole 360 yet? All those covered, sort of only one way to go, right? And that's up. And that's where you come in. So we pick it up again in verse, uh, in verse 14. And so it's already mentioned here about how Christ gives, and as part of that giving, he has these servant leaders that equip the body to build, to build up. And then it says what happens, that we be, start to be mature. In the sign of maturity, for those who are parents here, you know this. Uh, those who are empty nesters, uh, you hopefully you know, know this. Uh, but all of us have grown through this, that a sign of maturity is being able to do for yourself what someone else used to have to do for you. And that is very true in a church body as well. That's that if those who claim to follow Christ, and I recognize not everyone here is in that place, uh, for those who aren't, this is what you have to look forward to. 
know. Uh, if you can't feed yourself spiritually, you've got a problem there. If you kind of cry and scream at everything, you may have a problem there. If you sit in your own filth that you've created, <laughs> waiting for someone to change it and clean it up, that is not a sign of maturity. And so look what Christ actually calls us to there. So in verse 14, he, uh, it continues on. The Apostle Paul says, So we must no longer be children, tossed to and fro, blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We must grow up. We must grow up in every way, forward, backward, outward, inward, grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. And so that's part of what we're celebrating today. That as a church community, it is so clear that Christ has given his grace. And that I believe we're blessed. Take me right out of the equation. I think we are blessed with some incredible servant leaders that equip and encourage and challenge. But where I get really excited is that this is a body that's growing up, that's maturing, that's kind of striving after. We're not there yet, and probably this side of the grave, it ain't going to happen, but is going after that full stature that Christ has in mind for this body. And one of the signs of this growth is not merely unity in faith, which we celebrated last week and is so important, but it's whether or not we're being multiplied in mission and whether others are deciding that Christ has something for them here to do and not here within the four walls here. Remember, it's forward it's backward, it's outward, it's inward, it's all those things. But that for some, they've decided that this is the local church body that they want to live out their faith with for a season, for a lifetime, for a few weeks, see how it plays out. And there's some that we're going to celebrate today that, that are stepping forward. This doesn't make them better people. They're not more saved, more forgiven they're just um, kind of putting themselves on the hook more <laughs> to be accountable and encouraged and challenged uh, by their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Brian's going to come up, Pastor Brian, and, and we're going to celebrate for a few moments the reality of a church that's growing up and the hope as we see that, that the mission Christ is calling us to is in fact multiplying, growing in some amazing ways. And so I hope you'll be encouraged by this, perhaps challenged, uh, but most of all, uh, see how Christ is at work in these lives and certainly in his church here.